At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Happy Monday, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome into another edition of Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host. As always, we are live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook here at the Rivers Casino in Displains, Illinois, getting you prepped. For tonight's big affair, the College Football National Championship, another battle of two SEC teams, Georgia and Alabama. We will have you fully prepared for that game. I got a couple of plays that I like. Since we had our preseason 7-1 ticket with the Bulldogs, I'll let you know how I'm looking to attack the game entirely. We'll look at some first-half betting angles and much more. Later on the show, in about 15 minutes, we will talk some NFL postseason. Somehow, someway, the Steelers, after last night's debacle, find themselves in the postseason. So host of the Pittsburgh City Cats, Tim Benz, will be joining us to share his thoughts on that and some other games in the NFL postseason. 45 minutes from now, at the end of the show, Tim Murray, host of the Nightcap. I know he's got strong thoughts on tonight's championship game and some early bets that he may like for Wild Card Weekend. So at the end of the show, Tim Murray will be joining us. And in between a half hour from now, we've got Danny's Dimes with a play in hockey and just more of a thorough preview for the NFL Wild Card Weekend. But let's go ahead and get you squared away with tonight's game for the College Football National Championship. Current line right now at Bet Rivers still has Georgia as a three-point favorite. Now, if you want to lay the three with the Bulldogs, the price is minus 106. If you want to take the three with the Crimson Tide, minus 115 is what you're laying. Money line for Georgia, minus a buck 48. On the buyback for Bama, it's plus 120. This total really didn't shift too much up until about this morning, it seemed like, because it opened 52 and a half. You kind of saw it dip down a little bit, maybe as low as 51 and a half, but now it's up to 53 currently, slightly shaded to the over, still minus 112, and the under is minus 109. And I think what's interesting, Troy Macker, who we have had on the show many times, does great work with Bet Rivers. He tweeted out an hour ago that Bet Rivers actually had Georgia for the first time. Up to three and a half, immediately got bet down, obviously, but briefly touched that three and a half. We've seen the initial love for Georgia right when it got posted. Two and a half is where this thing opened, and then you saw it go to three. You kind of saw it go back and forth, but the sharp money immediately looked to go to Georgia, 
at three or above, naturally it's going to go to the Crimson Tide. And you know the public is infatuated with Nick Saban as an underdog and just Bama in general in this type of spot. Plus, hard to ignore the fact that, yes, Alabama did beat Georgia 41-24 to in the SEC championship game. And even adding on to that, Saban 4-0 against Kirby Smart and their tenure against each other. So I get it. I completely understand all the love going toward Alabama. Heck, we took the points with Bama in that SEC championship game where they needed to win to get in. Hence why they had the dominating performance. So really the way I'm assessing this, and hopefully you followed along before the season, we had a couple of championship bets. We had Oklahoma at 8-1, to and we had Georgia at 7-1 to to win the national championship. So personally, and hopefully for, uh, for some of you people out there, you know, you're sitting comfortably in the sense that you can watch this game with having a great investment on Georgia before the year, and you can do a little bit of a safety hedge with Alabama considering their plus money. So I talked about it a little bit last week, but that's the way I'm looking to approach this game. Got the 7-1 ticket on Georgia, so I'll absolutely be rooting for the Bulldogs, but just enough of a hedge to get my money back at least in terms of taking some plus money with Alabama on the money line. So that's how I'm looking to approach this game, and I get it. Not everyone or probably maybe even that many people had the same bet that I did on Georgia, so without... You know, saying I didn't have that ticket, how would I approach this game, right? If I wasn't already invested with that preseason ticket, how would I look to bet? And I, I think you have to take a look at it from a couple different perspectives. One is going back to that SEC championship game. I get it. Again, you know, it's easy to look at Alabama catching points and going, wow, that seems weird. Saban is an underdog. Alabama's always dominant. And they just really just demolished Georgia in that game, 41-24. to so I completely get it. But the thing is, again, Alabama needed that game. Desperation mode was at an all-time high. Win and you're in. Georgia was still solidified being in the top four regardless of the outcome. Were they trying to win that game? Would it have been great to win that game? Absolutely. But certainly a couple of different things on the line for each team. So I think this game is a little bit different. Well, it's obviously a lot different. But in terms of just the overall situational factor for both squads now needing to win it. Georgia didn't need to. Bama did. It's not to say they can't win this one, but it's just so tough to beat a team twice in really whatever sport, but especially when it comes to football. You see it in the NFL. We talk about it with division opponents, and seldom do you see a situation like this in college football with familiar-ish opponents being in the same conference, having just played, what, about a month ago, maybe less? So to beat them again seems like a really tough task. So I actually do have the slight lean to Georgia here. Now, if you do a little bit of shopping around, you probably get the two and a half or like I typically tend to do, instead of laying that spread, I'm just a little bit more comfortable laying a slightly higher price on the money line for that security. So that would probably be my approach and recommendation if I wasn't already invested in the 7-1 Georgia ticket. Georgia is pretty much, and you've heard so many other analysts say it too, and it's, and it's tough to disagree with it, but they are the more complete better built team however the difference is well you got the Heisman winner and the better quarterback in Bryce Young at Alabama and the better coach in Nick Saban two of the most important parts of a football team which is completely understood but I just think for the fact that they just beat them it's now time for Kirby Smart with his dominant team to come through in this great defense I think that's going to bode well in the end for this Bulldogs team and also even factoring more so 
Alabama's kind of banged up coming into this game. I mean, one of their top receivers, Mechie, he's out. He had six catches, 97 yards, and a touchdown before sustaining that injury in the championship game. And, look, he led the Crimson Tide with 96 receptions on the season. They got a couple of DBs who are banged up. Uh, Joey's out with the ankle. Armour Davis was questionable. A couple of linemen are also a little bit banged up. So the health seems to be in favor more so of Georgia in this spot as opposed to the Crimson Tide, which could definitely play a factor. We'll see how they're able to scheme around it. But I just think a little bit of the... Again, when it just comes down to it, this Georgia team is just so tough in the trenches. And not that Alabama isn't, but this is a year where Georgia has been completely dominant from the beginning to the end, barring that SEC championship game, they have been for sure the undisputed top team in college football. We'll see if that remains true tonight, but I think it will be proven that way. And if I wasn't invested, I would probably still play Georgia in this spot against the Crimson Tide. Now, another way you could look at betting this game, since it's a very highlighted game primetime, because we don't usually look at props or first-half bets in college football unless it's a big game like this, and that's kind of the direction I look to do so. Since I was already invested in that ticket, I wanted to look for another bet to make. And I was looking at the first half, and a bet that stood out to me involved the Bulldogs in their first half team total. So 13.5 was the number, and depending on the odds, you can look around a little bit. Some places it's shaded pretty high, but I got... Georgia over 13 and a half first half points minus 115. So looking back at what the Bulldogs have done, they have gone over this in every single first half except one. That was that Clemson game, first game of the season. They scored seven points, and Bennett wasn't even the quarterback in that game, remember. Now, I get it. I mean, they have a cupcake schedule in a lot of those games. So do all the top teams. So you kind of got to take it with a grain of salt. All right, well, what did they do in that SEC championship when they played Alabama in the first half, they still managed to score 17. Bama led in the first half 24-17, to but Georgia was still able to produce enough points. Alabama's got a decent defense, right? But compared to Georgia, I mean, Georgia's just insanely a lot better compared to the Crimson Tide who are allowing about 20, over 20 points per game. And you're getting a Georgia offense that's averaging over 23 first-half points per game. Alabama's allowing about nine first-half points per game. They've only allowed four opposing teams over this mark of 13 and a half. But Georgia looked great against Michigan, a team that widely regarded as also another dominant defense. So I'm thinking Georgia rolls into this one hot. The only way, in my opinion, they're winning this game is if they get out to that early lead. You can't be trailing with Bennett as your quarterback and trying to play catch up with Nick Saban, with Bryce Young. You have to get up to that early lead. Let your defense take control from there on. But Georgia has enough talent offensively to do so. And for the fact that Bama does have some lapses from time to time, there has been some uncertainty with them throughout the course of the season and a little bit banged up defense. I like that you're under the number of 14, and I'm going to go ahead and play Georgia. First half team total over 13 and a half, minus 115 for another angle for tonight's college football national championship game. So all in all, like I said, I'm going to be sweating out the 7-1 ticket with a little bit of hedge with Alabama. So it's pretty much a risk-free investment. And aside from that, if you're still looking to get involved, maybe not so confident with the spread or with the total, I think that first half total angle for Georgia over 13 and a half points could be the right move. So also, you have to think, I mean, this total at first, you would think this could be a lower-scoring game, just absolutely cruised over the first game, and now you're getting that late movement on the total going over, too. So it could be a higher-scoring affair, and again, would look good for that first half total over 13.5. But looking into these quarterbacks with this comparison, yes, Bryce Young, way 
far out more dominant. Over 4,500 passing yards for Bennett, over 2,600. And the 46-5 to ratio for Young is just outstanding for touchdown to interception when he got Bennett. 27 touchdowns compared to the seven interceptions. It's not that Bennett has done anything bad per se. It's just he hasn't needed to be put in a situation to win desperately, right? I mean, it was there in that Alabama game, the first go around, and he did okay. He had two costly interceptions. So if he can limit those turnovers in this game against Alabama, try to make Alabama make the mistakes. Limit that offense enough and just don't be prone to turnovers yourself, Stenson Bennett, because you can't afford to make them. And if Georgia can limit that, then that's also another reason why they should be the better team. Because aside from the quarterback and coaching discrepancies, Georgia should overall be the better team in this game. Regardless, it's going to be a hell of a game. I'm excited to see it, and hopefully we're able to catch that preseason ticket. But we'll get more thoughts on this game as we progress throughout the show. Tim Murray, host of the Nightcap. I know he's got strong thoughts on this game and a couple of different betting angles. But coming up next, we will be talking NFL postseason. Host of the Pittsburgh CityCast, Tim Benz and his Steelers finding themselves somehow into the postseason. We discuss that further right here on Rush Hour. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts that are designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. And you've got city casts available in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. So subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcasts available. You get hooked up multiple times a week. Great local sports betting content. Okay, back at it here on Rush Hour. It is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Danny Burke, your host at Danny Burke Fiverr. You can catch me on the tweets at VSIN Live for the Vegas Stats and Information Network. We're coming off quite the hectic and first-time NFL Week 18, and I guess you could say it was a success and an exciting one at that, and a success for specific people, and Tim Benz being one of them. Does great work covering the Steelers and all things Pittsburgh, host of the Pittsburgh City Cast. Joining us now on Rush Hour, Tim, my goodness, man. I mean, your adrenaline must have been through the roof last night, along with every other Steelers fan's. Kind of take us through that, right? I mean, you're watching this Chargers and Raiders game 
one second it looks like they're going to tie and you're going to get screwed being a Steelers fan or covering the Steelers out of a playoff run potentially. And then you're celebrating because, well, I, the whole Staley timeout debacle, whatever it is, the Raiders get the field goal to win. Just take us through your emotional roller coaster during that time frame. Well, the emotional roller coaster was, you know, in the news department, the sports department of uh, the NBC affiliate in town, WPXI, where I do a show after the Sunday night game. So we didn't get done until about 1.30, 1.40 in the morning. So, you know, excitement that I felt as things were coming down uh, was fatigued by the end of the evening. And then knowing that I had all the work to do for the trip in the morning and all that, it was basically work through the night kind of deal. But, I mean, it is good that it was such an exciting game and such an exciting result Sunday that you're right. There was some adrenaline. There was some pop. It was a real lively show because you're so wound up overseeing. Let's be honest, something that I can't think that I've seen before, which is two teams that are hated division rivals, knowing the whole night that if they just play each other to a tie, that they can both get in a team. They don't particularly like, I'm sure the Steelers would be left out and, that would be fine. But throughout the course of the night, it was pretty obvious they were both playing a win, and God bless their hearts. I think even to a fault in perhaps both cases, by the end of the game, they were still playing a win where if they're just taking knees after they swap some field goals in the overtime, well, the Steelers are out, and those two teams are both playing. And I don't know exactly why they did what they did, but they did it. They kept playing, and they I applaud both teams for taking the integrity of the game into account, but the Steelers were the beneficiaries, and it was just a weird evening because for a long time, it looked like there was no way the score would get manipulated to the point that it would be a tie. Like, you know, when the Raiders missed that two-point conversion, you're starting to do the math in your head, and like, boy, this would be a weird way for them to get to a tie. But sure enough, it got there at the end of regulation, and uh, you saw what happened in the overtime. My goodness, yeah. I mean, and then you, as a Steelers fan, I mean, you're sitting there just sweating out a game, probably more than you've sweat out any other Steelers game this year, even the one earlier throughout the day, because you're like, this can't actually be happening, right? Like, they're not actually just going to concede and tie. And they almost did, and they still argue that it almost could have been the case had other things altered during the game, but that's neither here nor there as of this point, because Pittsburgh is in the postseason, and while I'm sure a lot of people were celebrating, they probably came back down to earth once they realized, hey, uh, we kind of got to go to Kansas City and take on Patrick Mahomes, who the last time uh, really showed that he still is arguably the best quarterback in this league and took care of Pittsburgh 36-10 to in that last game, Tim. You are very aware of that, and you also are aware that the Chiefs are a double-digit favorite. They were up as high as 13.5, but now it's down to 12.5 at Bet Rivers. This total we're seeing at 46.5, slightly shaded to the over. Initial thoughts for this game, can Pittsburgh keep it closer than the last time out? Uh, maybe, um, maybe just because of familiarity with the Chiefs, um, you know, the wow factor for some of the younger defensive players who hadn't seen Mahomes, you could argue that. But, you know, at the same time, especially when it comes to the over-under, you know, being right on the number of what it was the first game, a, a very easy argument to make as to why you should look over in that one is the Steelers only got 10 points to help it the first time around. And that game didn't have Travis Kelsey and had kind of a compromised Tyree kill. So, you know, like if, if I'm leaning over under right now, I'm leaning much more towards the over. Um, now, as far as the, the total goes, I'm still looking at the Chiefs. Uh, I think the Chiefs win this one comfortably. 
I don't think it's a coincidence that they were that much better on the score sheet without Kelsey and with a compromised Hill. They made that look really easy, um, you know, using second and third string running backs after O'Leary got hurt. Um, you know, the Steelers just don't hold up with a team as good as Kansas City. They don't hold up with a multiple offense. Um, they got into this single elimination tournament, as Mike Tomlin likes to say, because they took advantage of two teams in their own division who, frankly, right now are even worse than they are. So let's not get it twisted. It's nice that Ben Roethlisberger has had this crescendo before the Daniel Bond his career, but um, that's coming on Sunday night. And I, I think there is sort of a, you know, out of nowhere, won the conference tournament. Now you're in the NCAA tournament. And you're just happy to be there kind of feeling surrounding the Steelers. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if they got their doors blown off in this one. Yeah, it's like you're just kind of happy to be there mentality almost. And obviously that's not really the mentality of Pittsburgh going into it, but it's just one of those type of games where it's like, hey, did we deserve to be here? That could be argued. That could be disputed. Nevertheless, they're there, and it's a very, very tough matchup right out of the gate. And what's been an interesting point of conversation this whole season, even before the season, Tim, when you and I were talking about it, you're like, hey, this Pittsburgh defense, you know, not going to be as great as last year because of all the injuries that were dealt with right away. And just to replicate what they did a lot of times is very, very difficult. We saw what Kansas City did the first go around 36 points. As I'm looking at Bet Rivers now for the individual team total points, Kansas City's number is 29 and a half, and it's shaded slightly to the over minus 118. The unders minus 110. Would you be shocked to see Kansas City score 30 and above once again, or do you think that the defense can maybe handle business a little bit more uh, thoroughly, so to speak? I'd be more shocked if they don't hit 30. Um, I like that number very much for Kansas City. Um, like I said, I mean, the, the Steelers, when they have faced offenses that can run and throw, and, you know, the Chiefs' run game is what it is. I mean, it's not uh, awe-inspiring or anything. The Steelers had a tough time with it before. And even look at the Ravens, who have been very much hampered um, in all facets about Lamar Jackson. Latavius Murray looked like Eric Dickerson yesterday, and um, for a little while, they just didn't give him the ball enough, much like the Browns didn't give the ball enough to Nick Chubb, I thought. Um, we'll see how healthy Najee Harris is, too. And if uh, he's got a lingering issue with that arm problem, his elbow problem that he had at the end of the game, or actually at the beginning of the game, uh, that he played through by the end of the game, that's even less time where maybe the Steelers can control the ball and keep Mahomes and company off the field. You know, like I talked about with the over before, I wouldn't be surprised if they get uh, close to that total and it's really the Chiefs dragging the total with them because. The Steelers, I wouldn't say that they backed into it. They won two to get there, and they definitely deserve to be there because there's no other way to describe deserve than the way the National Football League does its tiebreakers. I think you could make the argument easier that they uh, would. You could say that they deserve to be there and then got screwed if it had been a tie. You know, so they deserve it, but they're just they're not very good. And I still think the Chiefs are the most dangerous team in the AFC. Tim Benz, ladies and gentlemen, at Tim Benz, PGH on the tweets where you could follow him along for more in-depth analysis for all things Pittsburgh and host of the Pittsburgh City Cats, multiple episodes a week. He'll tweet out all those links. Great content all around. And Tim, thank you as always for making some time. Get some much-needed rest, my friend. You're going to need it for this weekend, I'm sure. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on.
You bet. There he is, Tim Benz. Looking forward to that Steelers and Chiefs game. Again, this line went 13, 13 and a half. Now it's at 12 in the hook in favor, naturally, of Kansas City at home. Uh, this game at 7.15 p.m. is when we will get that one on Sunday. Total at 46 and a half. And like we just said with the game totals, and the Chiefs are getting 29 and a half, slightly shaded to the over. Tim, in favor of that, Chiefs could get 30 or more once again. Last time out, it was 36 to 10. Kansas City handled business pretty easily for sure. They're a 10-point favorite, total at 44. Mahomes went 23 of 30, 258 in the air with three tutties. Uh, Williams on the ground for the Chiefs, 11 carries, 55 yards. Pringle had a big game, six catches, 75 yards, and two touchdowns. Big Ben, not the greatest effort, 22 of 35. 159 throughout the air, one touchdown and one pick. Big Ben with his pass attempts. We talked about it with Tim the last game uh, when it was against the Browns, I think, when he almost went over it in the first half. This is definitely going to be a great game to look to bet his prop of pass attempts over, considering they're probably going to be trailing, needing to throw it consistently. Najee had a pretty great day on the ground, 19 carries, 93 yards, so he will have an interesting prop selection as well, but definitely will be keying in on Big Ben for that prop. And much more for props and just overall game lines for the NFL wildcard weekend. We'll talk about that a little bit more so next. And before that, I've got to play on the puck tonight. That's right, we're still going to squeeze in a little bit of NHL, so stick around. Some Danny's Dimes and more NFL preview coming next right here on Rush Hour. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. VSN has a great new offer to help make this your best betting year ever. Our all-new Big Game Big Dance Special provides VSN Plus all access to everything we do now through April 5th for only 69 bucks. So sign up now and get our daily best bets emails along with 24-7 video access, the upcoming big game and college hoops betting guides. Plus, you get full access to VEASAN.com along with all of our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every single game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of our best deals of the year. Visit VEASAN.com slash big deal. That's VSIN.com slash big deal to sign up today. Alrighty, back at it. Rush Hour here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook at the Rivers Casino just outside of Chicago in Des Plaines, Illinois. Looking forward to a big game tonight with the National Championship. We'll get into that more so next segment. Tim Murray, co-host of the Nightcap, will be giving his bets, and we'll recap the ones I've already made. But speaking of bets I've made, we got one play tonight on the ice that I want to share with all of you involving the Capitals and the Bruins. Maybe a little bit of a revenge angle for Washington here, considering that, look, the last time they saw him, you know, that was when Boston eliminated Washington in five games in the first round series. But this line move has kind of been a little bit interesting. So Washington opened minus 110. Boston was about even money. Total was at five and a half. That sticked up to six. I actually played the Bruins on the money line at even money. Now you're seeing a minus 109 at Bet Rivers. Would still play that if you're looking to get involved. Because Washington's a little bit banged up all throughout. I mean, it looked like it looks like they're going to get Backstrom and Oshie in the mix, even though they are dealing with an illness. They are questionable, but nevertheless, I mean, this Capitals team banged up all throughout, and they've lost their last three consecutive games. 
Boston on the other side, they've won their last four out of five games. And Ulmark, their goalie taking the net, has done pretty well on the road, honestly. 5-3-0, 2.3 goals against average, 93% with his saves. And Fukale, he's going to be the goalie for Washington, who's technically the third stringer. He's had two games. Uh, he's 1-0-1, and he had one shutout, but I think it was against the Red Wings. So, you know, don't take that into account as much. Boston, a team here coming in with a lot more momentum, a little bit more health maybe, and just a better kind of wave of that momentum. Because that's what hockey is a lot of times, right? Catching that right wave of the momentum and getting on the hot streak. And look, Washington's not on one as of this moment. Boston trending in the right direction. So uh, not saying this would be something I would play consistently, but because of this exact situation with the goalies and just everything aside from that, I think this lines up more so in favor of Boston, and I think that's reflected based on the money line price going in favor of the Bruins. So I took Boston on the money line, even money. Again, that's now up to minus 109. Would still recommend a play on the Bruins tonight with some hockey. So that's one play we got on the ice. I wanted to offer now more insights on my early thoughts for the NFL wildcard weekend. So I haven't played anything yet, but I have some strong thoughts of the direction I'll be leaning and, and kind of waiting to see where these lines move by the end of the week. And speaking of some lines moving, we're already seeing it a decent amount in this Cardinals and Rams matchup. So this is going to be probably one of the better games to look forward to for this slate. And this thing opened up with the Rams as a five-point favorite. Total opened at 50. Now you're seeing it up to 50 and a half, so a little bit of love to the over. Spread is now down to four. Of course, still in favor of the Rams, but it opened five. Now it's down to four. If you want to lay the four with Los Angeles, it's minus 113. If you want to take it with Arizona, minus 108 is the price you would have to lay at Bet Rivers. A couple of questions in this spot. So you heard the reports that maybe J.J. Watt could make a comeback in the postseason. It's not going to be for this game, but something to keep in mind just in general if the Cardinals were to advance or if you're looking to place a futures ticket, they're like 25-1. to 1. I'm not recommending that, but just saying be cognizant of it. More importantly, I think this would be a great spot to take the points with the Cardinals for a few reasons. One, it's the Rams who have been very volatile. And two, if you get DeAndre Hopkins back, I think you're going to get the better number now than later. But that's also what's causing this hesitancy for me not wanting to take the points immediately is because I want to know if DeAndre Hopkins is going to be playing. And even if he isn't, I still think taking the points with the Cardinals would be the direction I would lean. And of course, if he is playing, a lot more incentive to look that way. But the reason why... It might not be the end-all, be-all for the Cardinals if he doesn't go. It's because, well, with the Rams, we've known the struggles they have gone through this season. I mean, they've been a very untrustworthy team, and even more so, how about Matt Stafford, guys? I mean, he's been very untrustworthy these past few weeks. Finally, you know, last game against the 49ers obviously did a little bit better, but before that, what was it, against the Vikings and the Ravens? The dude was abysmal. He hasn't shown up in a big game, and this is going to be the biggest game for him with the Rams. Can we rely on him? Can we count on Matt Stafford not to make irrational decisions, poor throws, and give the Cardinals a lot of good opportunities? Simultaneously, you can make the same argument for the Cardinals. Cliff Kingsbury, regardless of where he's coached in the latter half of his seasons, has been a train wreck, and it's kind of looking like that in a sense with Arizona. But you got a glimpse of hope based on their performance that they had against the Cowboys on the road, and they have taken care of business against the Rams. Remember, week four, 37-20, and the Rams did get the revenge 30-23 to about four weeks ago at Arizona 
So I'm not sitting here saying that the Cardinals are the team to win. It wouldn't surprise me if they did. wouldn't shock me if they did not because they have been tough to back as well. But I do agree with this line movement early on toward Arizona, 5-4. to four, And I wouldn't be surprised if this gets down to like 3.5. I, I don't know if it touches 3. I think that would be based on the news of Hopkins. But I do like the angle of taking the points with the Cardinals in this spot. I think they can keep it close. They still have enough talent all around. They just can't play from behind. That's their issue. It seems like every game as of late they're playing from behind and just trying to claw back in it. Get established early. Defense got to make some turnovers, and they did that against the Seahawks, but still just couldn't handle business and got to execute in the red zone and try to limit those penalties on themselves. And if they can do that, then I like taking the points with the Cardinals. But I will be a little bit patient with the, uh, with the Arizona side in this game now that they're catching four. We'll see if it goes back up, but I'm curious to see where that moves because I do think Arizona is a good spot. Another team catching points in the NFC West now. How about the San Francisco 49ers? Another Great matchup to look forward to in Jerry World. The Cowboys a three-point favorite. They're also minus 159 on the money line at Bet Rivers. Sam Fran plus a buck 40 on the buyback. This total at 50 and a half. Total would probably be my initial reaction to looking to bet. 49 and a half is where it opened. So now it's ticked up a point to 50 and a half, which I would assume we would see some high flies, uh, higher flagging scoring in this game, considering the dominance of the Cowboys offense that they present. Considering the 49ers can produce enough offensively themselves to see these games go over. It may not be pretty, it may not be quick and efficient, but the 49ers find a way to put points on the board. And San Francisco could be kind of a dark horse team overall in this postseason. It's a tough draw against the Cowboys. But the one thing that scares me for San Francisco is the secondary. And their secondary has really been kind of their Achilles heel in some of these games where they've been trying to hold on late or just have that strength consistently throughout this season. Up front, great. Offense, Jimmy G can do enough to get you by. Debo Samuel is enough of a threat, and Elijah Mitchell can get the job done. And, oh, yeah, let's not forget, Kittle is an absolute beast in the tight end position who can give you a lot of plus plays. But again, that secondary for the 49ers is scary, tough to trust against Dak Prescott and company. So if you do want to go with Dallas, however, you probably want to jump in sooner rather than later would be my guess in terms of laying the three or even if you just want to go outright, money line prize probably will get steamed up later in the week. Then you could have a little bit better chance to take some points with the 49ers. But nevertheless, I think my best outlook for this game that I would approach would be the total going over. Again, open 49 and a half, now up to 50 and a half. The Cowboys defense is really good. They've also benefited from just a lot of highlight plays that we think they're a great defense. They're not bad. Don't get me wrong. But I think the 49ers can do enough to score. And the Cowboys can definitely pick apart that 49ers secondary to get this total going over. Finally, another game I wanted to hit on really quick with an early preview. Let's talk Patriots and Bills. This game is absolutely fascinating from the division rivals standpoint. What happened the first game where the Patriots just ran the ball the whole time, still managed to win. Then the Bills come back to Foxborough. It's a normal type of setting, and the Bills handle business. This thing opened four and a half in favor of Buffalo. Now down to four. Total open 43 and a half. Shifted down just ever so slightly to 43. I like the Bills in this game. Again, it's going to be reminiscent of that game in my mind against the Patriots. If it's more normal, it's not windy and it's not rainy. Josh Allen can do Josh Allen things. He's a lot better than Mac Jones, plain and simple. Not a knock on Jones. He's probably going to be a really good quarterback. Josh Allen's a lot more established. We know this. And at home, and what's going to be a rowdy Buffalo crowd, 
I like the Bills here, but I also might be a little bit patient because this already has moved down. Maybe it gets down even further and you get a better price on Buffalo. But at the end of the day, I think it's a very, very good spot for the Bills. Patriots, they've been a great story this whole year. The Bills have been a frustrating team from time to time. Let's not forget that. But we also have to remember our thoughts on them coming into the season. This could be a team like the Chiefs two years ago where we kind of lost track of them throughout the season. Like the Bucks last year where we kind of lost track of them throughout the season. Buffalo could be poised for a great run. And you can actually get them 8-1 to one to win the whole dang thing still at Bet Rivers. Which we'll talk about a little bit later this week because it could be a decent outlook that I may be interested in. Speaking of other bets we're looking to make, Tim Murray will tell us his as we preview Bama and Georgia as we round out another edition of Rush Hour. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Bet River Sportsbook takes football same game parlays to a whole other level because now you can combine same-game parlays from different games to give you even more ways to make your perfect combination. So download the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com today to explore all the new ways you can create your ideal combo. Must be 21, gambling problem, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, call 1-800-GAMBLER, Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT, Colorado, 1-800-522-4700, Michigan, 1-800-270-7117, what's your play, 532-3500 in Virginia, I will call 1-800-BETS-OFF, playable in New Jersey, as play Sugar House, void where prohibited. Okay, final segment right here on Rush Hour. Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Bet River Sportsbook. Crowd is filling up, anticipating what should be a great and exciting matchup between two SEC teams. Once again, College Football National Championship, Georgia, Alabama, the Bulldogs, a three-point favorite. Total is ticked up to 53. I've shared my thoughts, sweating out that 7-1 Georgia ticket. Hedged enough to have it in the sweat-free sense on Bama, and we're also doing the Georgia first-half team total over 13-and-a-half. But now it's time to get Tim Murray's thoughts on the game. What is Tim playing for this game tonight? Loves handicapping college football. I know he's been having a great season on the nightcap, which you can catch, of course, 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern time right here on VEASAN. Tim, it's looking like it's going to be a fun one in this line. I know it's gone back and forth from like two and a half to three and barely touched three and a half here at Bet Rivers. But what did you already get involved with for this game? 
Yeah, Danny, uh, I rolled with uh, Georgia on the money line. Uh, we saw a pretty suppressed market uh, with a lot of, uh, and you're still seeing it, you know, uh, you know, various books reporting uh, how much uh, people have been firing on the plus money. So I was able to grab on Friday. We talked about it on the show, so you can't yell at me uh, that it wasn't available. It was available <laughs> on Friday. Uh, I got it at minus 125. And, uh, you know, you still see a, a, a pretty reasonable money line price considering that we're at a full three at most shops you know minus 135 minus 133 you're seeing at differing shops but you know i look at georgia and uh, you know we did a big thing on the show danny talking about you know the revenge factor and teams that lose in the regular season you know how do they fare when they face a team for the second time in that same season and i you know there there's no denying that alabama you know mop the floor with Georgia in the SEC championship. But I think when you look at uh, all the pieces in place for tonight, uh, I, I really like Georgia to bounce back and to to exact their revenge. You know, 2017 against Auburn, Georgia lost 40 to 17 in the regular season, late uh, early November in the SEC championship. They won 28 to seven as a short uh, favorite in that one. So you know, I, I, obviously you've got Nick Saban, 4-0 lifetime against Kirby Smart, 5-1 straight up as a uh, as an underdog since 2008. All those things working against us. Bryce Young, the Heisman Trophy winner, they have the superior quarterback. There's really no denying that. But I think the loss of John Mechie is something that has been d- discussed. But um, to me, I think that's a really significant loss because what did we see from John Mechie in the SEC championship prior to him getting hurt. He had six catches for 97 yards and a touchdown. He's gone. He's their possession receiver. Led the Crimson Tide in uh, in receptions this year. Jamison Williams is unbelievable, but you know, to me, I think if if Georgia, whose probably weakness on their roster is the secondary, I think they will try to key in on Jamison Williams. Don't let him beat them. And uh, I, I think they could take advantage of that. Also, you know, you got Alabama dealing with some injuries along the offensive line in the secondary. So uh, I think Georgia gets it done tonight. I think it's a good game. Uh, I would lean towards the under, no official play there, but I do think Georgia uh, does uh, does get this victory. I think you make great points, especially in the arena of Alabama missing some key players, not only from Mechie from the receiver standpoint, which is very substantial, but some other guys who are even questionable, just banged up all throughout that. Maybe he's kind of getting glossed over a tad bit. Now, I and, and I know you would think the same thing. Everybody looks at it, and you go, Nick Saban catching points. What happened in the SEC championship game? How could you not consider looking toward Alabama? But I think the narrative of you know, uh, Alabama needing it more in that game certainly played a role. And I also think because of that quarterback comparison. So I got to ask you about Stetson Bennett a little bit. You know, what do you think of his overall play? Is this a guy that at when you were looking to handicap this game kind of made you a little bit timid? Or do you think he can do enough to get by against Alabama? Because I think the thing that would be a little bit scary is asking him to play from behind against this Alabama team. But do you think, I mean, what do you think the formula is going to be for Georgia offensively to try to get to that early lead? And are you assuming they're going to be capable of doing it right out of the gate? Yeah, I mean, you look at uh, Kirby Smart in his career uh, against Nick Saban. He's actually, there's a great stat that was put out there on Twitter. Uh, In the 240 minutes that Kirby Smart has coached against Nick Saban, they've actually led 171 of them. They got out to a 10-0 lead. People forget that. 
in the SEC championship. So uh, I do expect a quick start for Georgia. And for Stetson Bennett, you know, you think back to last year, not the SEC championship, but last year, that September game. And, you know, some of the pieces that they have now just uh, weren't either as effective or weren't even there. I mean, Brock Bowers being, you know, case in point number one. I do anticipate, and we've seen the market uh, really reflect this. I think George Pickens is going to be a big piece tonight for Georgia. Remember, he tore his ACL in spring ball last year, missed majority of the season. First game was Georgia Tech, then was uh, with the S- in the SEC championship, had a 37-yard reception, really a non-factor against Michigan, but they didn't need him. I think they're going to need him tonight. And I think George Pickens is an explosive type of player. And once again, you know, there was uh, there was one shop, I wrote it up on vcin.com, that was, you know, 30 and a half uh, receiving yards. And now pretty much market-wide is continuing to rise up to 40, 40 and a half or so. So I do think George Pickens is a big piece. You saw what the two running back tandem of Zamir White and Cook were able to do against Michigan. So I do think they've got enough weapons for Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett played maybe his best game of his career against Michigan. So you're asking him to duplicate that. But I also think going back to Bryce Young, you know, Bryce Young played out of his mind in the SEC championship. Is he going to duplicate that performance over 400 yards passing a rushing touchdown? So I think there's some meeting in the middle for both of these quarterbacks. Once again, I'm not trying to compare the two Bryce young is superior, but I think Stetson Bennett has proven his keep over these past, you know, two seasons. Can't dispute that. All right, Tim, before we let you go, I got to ask you early NFL wildcard thoughts. A lot of good games to get excited about. 49ers, Cowboys is one of them. And we see Dallas is a three-point favorite. This total slightly creeping up to 50 and a half. What do you like in here as you look to Jerry World for the Cowboys and 49ers? Yeah, Danny, I mean, I, I do lean uh, towards the San Francisco 49ers. Curious where the market will take it. Uh, it is the shortest spread uh, of wildcard weekend. We're going to see some craziness happen. We always do each and every year on wildcard weekend, but I like San Francisco and I know they were down, you know, 17 to nothing against Los Angeles, found a way to come back. And Jimmy G, you know, showed me something. He threw that bad pick, no doubt in the red zone, but that game winning or uh, game tying drive at the end of regulation. And think about it. He's going to have another week to heal up that thumb And I just have questions about Dallas. Uh, I I know that they were one of the best covering teams in the league. And, you know, maybe me doubting them was just falling into the narrative of, you know, Dallas isn't getting the respect that they deserve. It's fair. But I I like San Francisco in this spot. I think they have the coaching advantage with Kyle Shanahan over Mike McCarthy. Uh, Dak has kind of been a roller coaster ride. We've seen some really great performances and seen some not so great performances. So, uh, right now, my first inclination of, of all of the uh, wild card games would be to take the points with San Francisco. I think they could certainly win this game outright. Yeah, a team that's dealt with a lot of adversity, and especially that last game coming back against the Rams, against mm-hmm. McVay, who, what, that was his first loss he had when he's been leading at halftime. So, hey, you're right. I mean, Shanahan's a great coach. 49ers know how to get the job done, and they could definitely do it against the Cowboys. But, Tim, hey, I know you got a big game to get ready for with the show tonight. Best of luck with your Georgia play. I'll be rooting for it along with you, and enjoy it. And we'll look forward to talking more football in the coming weeks, my friend. All right, Danny. Always appreciate it, man. You got it. Tim Murray, folks, at one Tim Murray on the tweets again. Co-host with Sean King of the Nightcap, 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern time right here Monday through Friday on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. 
All right, we are about to wrap up Rush Hour and send you off into the night getting you ready for the championship game. So overall, in summation, here are the plays that I am rolling with tonight for that championship game. As I alluded to, we've got our preseason ticket uh, Georgia's 7-1, so, you know, hedged enough on Alabama money line, so it would be a sweat-free bet with the 7-1, and hopefully that comes to fruition. But including Georgia in this game, I like them with the first-half team total over 13.5, minus 115. They've gone over that every single game, but their first of the season against Clemson. And then with hockey tonight, we are going with the Bruins against the Capitals. We're going Boston on the money line, even money for the puck. But thank you to everybody for joining us. Best of luck with the game. We'll get more info on these playoff games. So I'm very curious to see where these line move. So we'll talk a little bit more about, about that tomorrow. See if there's any teaser spots for Teaser Tuesday. But until then, again, enjoy the game tonight. Best of luck with your wagers. And we'll see you tomorrow for another edition of Rush Hour. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, Somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare.